A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, I wanted to start off the pod with just an announcement. Um, it's going to be a bit of a, well, a pretty big change happening uh, with the pods this year. Um, this is actually now a Manchester City supporting podcast. So yeah, if you uh, if you want to listen to stuff about Tottenham, then I'm not even going to continue that pathetic <laughs> attempt at a gag to try and alleviate some of the doom of that hell watch that we've just, yeah, borne witness to. <sighs> I genuinely, I don't even know where to begin on that. Um, I mean that that's reminiscent of the is it Burnley away? I think it was Burnley away, wasn't it? When we all thought he was going to quit. I'd be interested to see what his post-match press conference is going to be like uh, this time around, because that was that was a, that was horrific. Um, I I mention him because watching it on Sky, he cut a pretty forlorn figure at the side of the pitch at the end of the game. Um, Wasn't really any fight in him whatsoever. We know he's an emotional guy, blah, blah, blah. But, you know... I don't know. wasn't very inspiring. Um, and there's a lot of conversation this week, right? We anybody that's as terminally online as I am, as I think most people are who really listen to podcasts and stuff, the conversation's all been very centered around Enoch, around Conte, the kind of impasse they find themselves at. Why should they back a guy who isn't committing to us? But why should he commit to a club that isn't backing him? I get it. I understand it. Um, before I sort of talk about Enoch and stuff, let's just focus on Conte. What what exactly were Tottenham doing today? You know, what exactly have Tottenham done for most of the season, really? I think towards the tail end of last year, we had Kulisevsky absolutely flying and I think he inspired us to play some pretty decent football at times. Um, nice bit of passing, nice bit of moving. <laughs> uh, starting to see some of Conte's automations coming into effect. Even I don't... I, I only sort of... Like, after speaking to Kimi on the pod, she sort of explained to me about the whole, like the fact it's people moving in patterns so... People don't even need to look for where players are on the pitch. They just know to knock the ball to a certain space because they've rehearsed these movements. And you could start to see that last year. This year, no clue. No clue whatsoever. I, I Today, I have no idea what Tottenham were trying to do, really, at all. It seemed to sort of consist of Doherty and Perisic running down the wing and then passing it backwards and not really doing much else of it. Aston Villa, pretty <sighs> compacted in the centre of the park. They pretty much knew what we were going to do. 
Kane and Son couldn't really do anything. It was just horrible. It was horrible to watch, and you knew it was. You knew Villa's goals were coming. You just knew it because they they didn't really in the first half have any have any meaningful counterattacks. Watkins looked a bit kind of rusty. Didn't look like he was fully at it, but there was still that kind of lingering danger there. That Bundia lad, obviously, he's, he's been gifted a goal in that in the second half. Um, I never really know how good he is or not. He always seems like a player that seems all right, but I think he's the type of player that looks all right at a team like Villa and then we sign him for, say, 27 million and he just looks really average. Um, But that's not what the conversation is about today, is it? Um, I think the thing that I find most... Because, all right, let's... Let's look at this kind of without the kind of the the confirmation bias, the the sense of you know I don't need to hide this from anybody. The sense that I'm I'm kind of skeptical of Antonio Conte and his appointment at Tottenham always have been. Let's just look at it purely on the sense that we have just had a World Cup in the middle of a season. A lot of the players are probably quite leggy. They've not really played together that much. Whatever, I can understand all that. You see performances like Arsenal's yesterday. I don't know how much weight it carries, but everybody's different. Let's, come on, you know. They're further along in their project, blah, blah, blah. I think the thing that worries me most, right, if you, if you are to be sort of forgiving of that, essentially, players being tired, players being rusty, players not being that used to a system, having a few players missing at the moment, Bentancur, Kuliseski, probably the most notable um, missing from the team. I think the thing that I find most worrying about it is they just look so uninspired. And yeah, I definitely take take on board the fact that this is the same group of players that's let down Pochettino, let down Mourinho, let down Nuno Espirito Santo. Even though I don't know if that's fully true. You know, there's quite a lot of new players in there now. Um <sighs> It's the manager's job to inspire what he has at his disposal. Yeah, okay, right. He he may want new signings, but no manager, no matter how good they are, is going to have an entirely fresh starting eleven, all of players, yeah, you know, exactly who they want. Other than someone like Pep Guardiola, who manages Manchester City, who have the you know the fortunes to be able to do that. Any manager that you sign, any manager has a responsibility to utilise the players at his disposal, to motivate them, to inspire them, to sell them an idea of what it is that we might be doing. I would say as a fan, I don't even feel that he's doing that. I don't get anything from Conte, and I haven't done at any point. I think we get the odd performative kind of fist bumping at the crowd, I never feel any warmth. I never feel that we're being sold a vision by him. I never feel that there's a sense that we're kind of looking to build towards something. Because it's, it's, it's never about building. It's just about give it to me. Give me whatever players. And, you know, we don't know what he's been. We don't know what assurances he's been given to before he took the job, you know. So... 
I, I'm just all I can do is react to what I see, everything I have at my disposal, and then make my own jumps based off the back of that because that's what we all fucking do. You know, that's what we all do in most areas of our lives is you kind of you get a feeling for something and then you just talk shit about it. Um, things at least outside of your control anyway. I don't know. I just I just wonder a few people have said this before. Maybe his style is out of date now, you know? Maybe we are his Manchester United. We are the Manchester United to his Jose Mourinho. Maybe this is where you start to realize actually maybe he hasn't got it anymore. I mean I I don't I don't know if I fully buy that. I could see Antonio Conte still taking the PSG job, the Real Madrid job if either of them wanted him and him doing a great job there. He just feels like that type of manager, um, a finisher, if you like, that can get good players and he's, he's got good players here. People do people dive on this whole kind of like, oh, the squad's awful, the squad's shit. I think it is. I don't think the defence is great and I don't think our wing-backs are very good at all. So it begs the question why he is so heavily reliant on wingbacks. Why this world-class, unbelievable, once-in-a-generation manager couldn't possibly look and see it and notice, really, that arguably the wingbacks are the weakest area of the squad right now. Um, so to maybe try something that isn't so heavily reliant upon them, but... You know, that's that's what it is. Um, in terms of Enoch, there was a lot of uh, a lot of Enoch out chanting today, apparently. Um, and I mean, that's been that's been coming to a head. This is obviously a massively, massively divisive subject, um, and I think there's quite a lot of like, as with any of these conversations, it's become very tribal. Either way, it's generally. Enoch are the worst thing to ever happen to the club. Get them out now. And then using terms like parasites and stuff like that, which I find I find pretty dodgy, to be honest. But, you know, whatever. Um, no, not whatever, but you know what I mean. I just can't be asked to go into it at the moment, to be completely honest with you. Um, or on the flip side, there's a kind of quasi-intellectual take on it all that seems to suggest if you have any issue with Enoch whatsoever you're somehow a moron you're some sort of mouth-breathing kind of cretin that doesn't understand that Tottenham can't be expected to keep up with the likes of Manchester City and what have you which I think is equally bollocks to be honest I where I am at this type of thing and I'll give them a shout out for this the fighting cock um, Alex and Bristol Spooky and Flav did a very good pod ahead of the weekend which the majority of was the discussion on this subject the kind of the the tug of war in like one's own head about Enoch Levy Conte the direction of the club, 
clubs around us and just how complicated it is i mean my thing is i I don't i don't buy this whole thing of like look you know enoch had been in charge for however many years look how few trophies we've got they have ruined our club i mean it's just bollocks they haven't but like tottenham are now in a place that I, i don't think many of us expected to see them okay right maybe some of the people who are a bit older than me who saw us in the 80s when we were kind of comparable to what we are now a sort of side in the chasing pack can sometimes like you know make a push for the top end of the table it might not be anything new to them but I would say in the Premier League era at least we've gone from being a very very average side that just had history that had a big name behind it but in reality we're a very very average side could have just as easily now be a team that sat and I'd mean this genuinely because it got close a few times we could just as easily be one of those teams like a Forest like a Leeds you know name them I mean going back a bit further but West Broms teams like that who Wolves even who once upon a time were good sides and just slipped down the champ like down the pyramid into the championship into League One we 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 conceivably could could be that team how we started like life in the premier league and all that sort of era 90s kind of you know early noughties maybe and i do think that enoch deserve a lot of credit for the way in which they've basically guided the club into being one of the biggest clubs in europe again um as we I think is a sort of rightful place as our history dictates that we should be. And I do think we're there. I do think we are that type of club. Um, I I just feel that the modern world, the modern footballing world, is one that um, is maybe starting to pass Enix's philosophy by. <laughs> Does that make any sense? By that, I mean this. We're seeing again. Okay, you know, I think it's probably right to keep our powder dry a bit on some of these takes, right? Because we have spent money on Romero, we have spent money on Bentenker, we have spent money on Kulisevsky, right? So this idea that we don't spend money is not entirely true, right? We do have these annoying. We do still have that annoying habit of like, let's try and get a thirty mil for Harry Winks. Let's try and recoup the fifty mil for Ndombele. Just get rid, like, just get rid of these players. You know, these, if if they're not wanted by the club anymore, stop using these players as an excuse to not continue to speculate. Because in terms of my point on this is that when you're at this level where Tottenham are now, I just I don't I don't understand why Enoch would want to build the club to this level but not fully commit to it it just it seems it seems nonsensical um and i i I think people have sort of said oh yeah maybe pochettino's kind of success came too soon and it, it yeah i buy that to a degree but at the same time we didn't build a billion pound stadium just on the back of pochettino having a couple of good seasons with us and I'm not I'm not diminishing anything Pochettino did for the club. Like you know my feelings on him by now. The plan has obviously always been there to take 
Tottenham to the sort of elite table for us to be in things like a Super League, should it ever come to fruition. We want to be in that type of conversation. We want to be getting the, the biggest sponsorship deals. You know, we still haven't got a sponsorship deal on our stadium because we're waiting for a bigger one. Um, but when we're at this level, it's like you want... They seem to want everything, Enoch. Um, they, you know, they want the prestige. They want to be able to charge the fans you know, the highest prices in the country. Probably some of the highest prices in Europe, I'd wager. Um, well, definitely, actually. I mean, I don't even think that's a debate. But we're still kind of put back into this place of like... And I, I, like I say, I'm not expecting us to compete with the spending power of Manchester City. But it would just be nice to see us be that kind of bit more proactive. Um, but then again, like I say, it's 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 January, you know, it's it's the only the very start of January. So maybe we will be, maybe, you know, there's some talk that we're just going to basically sign Pedro Porro, you know. So who knows, it just, it feels like we've had this conversation probably since the kind of the, the years in which Pochettino was getting, actually earlier than that, Redknapp, um, the Redknapp kind of <laughs> uh, Nelson and Saha type seasons. Um, and it, it's just, I've, I think I've mentioned it on here before. Um, Charlie Parrish, I think he said on the Hometown Glory pod before, and it was it's a really interesting point that one of the biggest sort of failings that you can attribute to Enoch really is that they're never they're never the type of proactive owners that build on a position of strength. Um, we're always waiting for like, we're always happy to coast when things are going well, coast on that momentum and not really get behind it. And then when that falls to pieces, go again. And it would just be nice to see us like grab those moments every now and again um, and really run with it. I think my... Ire at the moment is more with Conte because, being brutally honest, I don't feel like we have any sign of any momentum whatsoever. Um, the guy is so cagey about signing a new contract. It doesn't really feel like he's that sort of born into the club. And he has been given some decent players, right? Some good players, some very good players, some exceptional players. Bentenko and Kulisevsky are... You know, world-class footballers. Christian Romero is a world-class footballer. Um, even Perisic is a world-class footballer. And completely outside of our normal remit of players that we sign. So this idea that we haven't bent to him at all is, you know, I just I don't buy it. Um, and so this, the kind of calls at the moment to like, just give him, just give him 200 million or something. But that that shouldn't be the only thing that's required. Like I don't, I can't look at in good faith. I cannot look at a performance like today, and say, oh, all, all that this side needs is two hundred million pumped into it. That that's the issue. The the complete issue here is the the players are, are trying their best. They're doing what they can, but they just you know they just don't quite have the required quality. It looks like they've bought into what it is that um, Conte's doing, but you know it's it's just not going. I don't see that at all. Let's let's compare this to when Pochettino first got the job. 
he inherited an, a, a horrible squad. You can see some of, I think people have put up like this was Pochettino's first starting eleven um, at Tottenham. Some horrible players in there and some big players in there, you know. We still had the sort of soldados and that in there under Pochettino. What he managed to do was build momentum, build some tangible identity, seemingly inspire the squad, inspire the young players there, started to sort of incorporate those players and got to a point whereby the board were like, fine, okay, let's let this guy cook, as people say, as the kids say nowadays. And we built from there, right? He, he did get... He, he did get money. We, we added players like Alder Worrell, blah, blah, blah. I can't really fucking list them off the top of my head right now. But what I'm saying is he was allowed to mould the squad in a way he wanted to. He was allowed to get rid of big players like Soldado, like Adebayor. That's something that's, you know, that we saw, haven't we? We saw the team evolve from when he relied on the likes of Mason Townsend they slowly got kind of phased out. It just feels at the moment with Antonio Conte, there's this air of, with a certain section of fans, with him himself, that he's owed it. Oh, you know, I've won stuff before, so just give me all the money I need and I'll just buy a load of players and stick them into this starting eleven, and we can just succeed from there. I just, I, I don't buy that. I don't I don't buy that, especially like I say, looking at performances like today. And let's be honest, performances like we've seen the majority of this season, where players just they don't look happy. They don't look inspired. It doesn't really look like there's a plan there. I I can't I could not tell you what we were trying to do today, other than just kind of knock it about and hope that Son or Kane can get on the end of something. Um <sighs> And it, it it's starting to just feel like everybody is wasting their time a bit. Um, because if we're just in this place now where we're going to have an entire season of will he, won't he sign? Will they, won't they give him money to spend in, well, after January, in summer? Will Kane sign, won't he sign? It's just this kind of this awful purgatory that we find ourselves in that I still gun to my head would say I feel a lot of this still lies with Conte. I do. And like, don't get me wrong, I know people will be saying you can't win the league with Eric Dyer and Ben Davis at the back. Yeah, no, I, I do understand that. But what you can do still with Eric Dyer and Ben Davis at the back, as he demonstrated at the tail end of last season, you can start to form a winning mentality, a kind of a, a thirst for victory, for an, a certain energy and a certain momentum that the team are building towards something that they are, you know, they have their eyes set on, I don't know, some sort of end point to a journey. It just feels now, it looks and feels like the death throes of a managerial campaign. Again. <laughs> it feels like we're back there again already with him. Um, and so I can kind of see why the board or whoever 
would be hesitant to give him money. But like I said, I'm not completely letting him off the hook. A very good tweet. I'm going to dig it out, actually, and read it verbatim and not do my usual... I saw a tweet the other day, and they didn't say exactly this, but they said this thing. Um, who was it? At Choff Spurs said, Biggest mistake our club ever made, and there's been many, was not backing Poch. We looked like we were improving constantly, beating top teams... We had a manager who loved and still loves this club with all of his heart. We had an identity, a style. Now look at it. It's just sad. Can you argue with that? I can't, really. Um, and this is, you know, as, as we were talking about, as we, <laughs> as I was talking about at the top, this is where more of my eye comes in with, with somebody. I mean, sort of said from the start, these kind of glamour appointments, bringing in someone like Conte, it, it felt like a wrong fit from the very beginning. You know, he's always felt like that manager for Madrid, PSG, Manchester United, where he's guaranteed loads of money. He's guaranteed the kind of the the feeling of being where he should be. You know, he's clearly a guy with a big ego, and whatever, that's fine. You know, it's not I need to beat him down for that. He's you know he's a successful you know guy like he's he's gonna have an ego obviously he obviously backs himself fine fair enough but it doesn't mean as a fan I want to just sit there and watch him basically you know act like the club is beneath him constantly act like he's not the manager of the club you know act like it's all completely out of his hands all the time um but had we been had we carried on from that momentum from last year had we been flying all this way and we were going into January and it was looking like we were only going to spend whatever it is, you know, we can only sell to buy sort of thing. Yeah, I'd be absolutely raging at the board. I would be. My my first point would be, right, give him what he needs. Give him what he needs. If we are up there punching alongside Arsenal and City and we're playing well, it looks like there's some, you know, real belief there that we can do something if we address a few areas in the squad fine but it feels like the issues on the show this season and today is I would say is kind of the the nadir of it is I think there's way more needed than just adding some players to this team than just spending money it's uh, it just feels like there's a a, a bad dark cloud over the whole place um, and in my opinion right now that rests with the manager because you can say whatever as I say you know, I'm going around in circles now but say whatever you want about the players say whatever you want about the board but a manager's job is to come into a club inspire the players coach the players get them playing in a way that he wants them to be playing and then from that point, once he's got a system established, once he's built that momentum, once he's built that unity, that structure, that identity within a club, you know, started to mould the club into his image, then you can start saying, right, I need X, Y, and Z, 100%. Um, I mean, some people would argue, you know, he asked for that in summer, Bastoni. I don't, you know, I don't completely discount that but it sounds like we tried our hardest to get him and it was more about the player not wanting to move at that point 
Um, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I'm not. I only read what I read that most of you read on Twitter as well. Um, but yeah, I think at the moment, I'm just starting to feel like everyone's wasting their time. Um, and whether that means Pochettino in next, probably, or you know, Tuchel still on the market. Won't we add another ex-Chelsea manager to our to our roll call? You wouldn't be overly surprised by that, would you? Um, it's uh, I, I don't know. It's I'm I'm not saying one hundred percent that yeah. I'm not saying we should sack him. I don't think that's going to be very good for the club. Uh, look, look, I'll tell you exactly where I'm at. Right, I think it would not be good for the club, for the players, for our season, for anything, to sack him, to have that kind of, that, you know, not to be too dramatic, but that trauma again for everyone involved with the football club of having to start all over again halfway through a season. However, were he to get in a tears and walk, I wouldn't be asked. That's that's how I'm feeling about him right now, you know? I don't have this longing, this please Antonio, please don't leave us kind of feeling that, you know, some people have and that's fair enough. That's completely their prerogative. I don't judge anyone much for feeling that way. Um, but it's not how I'm feeling. I think it's weird. I think everything feels a bit done. Um, but a lot can change in football. We are at the start of the January transfer window, as I keep saying. And a lot can change very quickly. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's go through the players. Hugo Lloris, one of the biggest failings. Um, we just had the conversation there. One of the biggest failings that lies with the board, in my opinion, is that there has been no proper legacy planning, really, for Hugo Lloris done. There's been nothing, really. Let's be honest, nothing serious. And we're really starting to feel that now because we are going to have to spend a lot of money on a new goalkeeper very soon. I think his contract's up at the end of this year, is it? Or maybe end of next year. Um, It looks like he's very much on a downward curve now. The first goal was pretty much entirely his fault. Um, Defence could have reacted to it a bit better as well, in fairness. But then another just kind of clumsy spill from him. Something you would expect a top-class keeper to just gather up and deal with. Um, And we're 1-0 down. 
Second goal. Maybe he could have done better. I don't know. Feels harsh, but... I don't know if it's just the kind of malaise around the club and everything like that, but... Yep, yeah, very grateful to his years of service. He's obviously been fantastic for us in our shirt. But I'm, I'm just a bit bored of him, you know? A bit bored of him. Um, we're very quick to say these players have failed time and time again. One of the most consistent factors in this is Enoch. They're the ones behind it. You know what? Another one of those consistent factors is he's been our captain for the majority of that time. Um, he's been club captain. I don't know. That feels like a bit of a leap, doesn't it? But I'm not saying that's entirely. I'm not fucking galaxy braining this and saying, oh, that's why we don't win anything because Hugo Lloris is our captain. I'm just saying that maybe he's just not very good. <laughs> Um, great shot stopper you know but thanks for the memories it's time to say goodbye I feel who we signed in this place I don't know Oblak is that still a thing is he still a good goalie I think he's still a bit old now isn't he I don't know it's not what I'm paid to do though to find good goalkeepers but there must be some out there how fuck did Liverpool get Alison Becker man like honestly I watch Alison Becker and I'm 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 old enough to remember like Pete Schmeichel and Pete Kahn. And I hate to say, like Becker's better than both of them, man. Becker's easily, I would say, the best goalkeeper I've ever seen in my life. He just is like a fucking brick wall. Um How fuck did he just escape the the clutches of everybody else in world football? The Liverpool win it. What they're getting for something fucking crazy like 40 mil or something like that peanuts peanuts for the best goalkeeper ever let's <laughs> just hope we can do something like that right um ben davis very ben davis performance i thought i don't really think he did much wrong don't think he did much brilliantly just kind of was there a bloke a good squad player um You'd like to see somebody in that position. I think Longley, when he has played in that kind of left of the centre role, where Ben Davis was today, he was able to showcase a bit more of his kind of metronomic tempo setting, passing and whatever, which Davis doesn't really do. Davis is tenacious. He's good at sort of bombing up and down. Pitch is good at sort of, I think, closing down, running two attackers and stuff. Um, he's just not that smooth is he he's not that silky he's not particularly I don't think much of a presence it's just Ben Davis you know good player um, Clement Longley as I sort of touched on there he wasn't in his sort of more favour position I've seen people say in the past they wanted him to play in the centre never liked it definitely didn't like it today I thought he was pretty bad Um for the second goal, I want to say, I think he was just a bit all over the shop. Wasn't just couldn't really read what the attack were doing. Didn't see much of him in the way of like his sort of passing or anything like that. I just, you know, we're talking about him kind of 
I've said this before, but we're talking about you know making this loan a permanent one for tens of millions of pounds. Nah, not for me. Not for me. Um, placeholder until now. But look, I think the main thing is right. Yep, yeah, they all have different qualities and stuff. But to me, he's still in a bracket with the likes of Ben Davis and Eric Dyer. That's, that's the that's the only way I can put it. I, I don't I don't see a player who is head and shoulders above the two of them. I just don't. Sideways move. Um, Christian Romero. Good to see him back. Um, apparently, the first for all the uh, for all the moaning we've done, I've done about him. Um, apparently, the first Argentinian back after the uh, after the World Cup, at least to start. Um, and it was a pretty. I thought he was pretty decent today. Um, yeah you know it's, it's quite nice I do like his aggression it's back again he is young he is hot headed he probably could have dash should have had a red card today I think he got saved because the ball was out of play or something like that when he did that tackle right towards the end but he is you know he's rash and we know that about him and you don't sometimes with some players you don't want to sort of curb those instincts in them um can't remember what it was. What is it? Conte's thing, cold head, hot heart, or some some shit like that that he said about. It. Just basically, just to be smarter. Um, and yeah, you can feel that. But you know, it's better having him back in the team. It would just be nicer if he had a more steady centre back partner. Really, um, I say partner. I know they normally play in a three, but I kind of I tend to look at it as the center point of that three they're not really i don't see them like operate as a trio it seems to be like two partnerships both partnerships including the man in the middle um like some sort of confusing love affair um so i just think that that's our priority that that man in the middle somebody of real genuine quality real top class ability um would be ideal uh, there. Even Perisic, I think he tried his best today. Wasn't a particularly vintage performance, but he was always trying. Guy's a machine, up and down the wing constantly. Um, I, I do, if I'm being overly, I don't think it's overly harsh, but if I'm being picky, don't think his end product is great a lot of the time um i think it's quite difficult when you're trying to feed a ball into a heavily congested sort of box like villa had today um i'd just like to see a few more ideas from him i've always felt like he was quite a kind of creative player in his own right and i don't feel like i've seen much of that he seems like quite a functional player um very fit real athlete very functional and i feel like i'd like to see a bit more of the flair coming out of him i kind of always had these images of him being a bit of a kind of almost uh, you know iron robiny type player somebody that can cut inside can cause problems can be creative can bring other players into into 
into things. And maybe that a part of that is with, with Perisic, just the quality of the players he has around him. We do, we keep talking about the fact we don't have that kind of real creative outlet in the centre of the park. If the you know responsibility of that falls generally on Harry Kane's shoulders, which means he's then outside of the box and whatever. Had we uh, Christian Eriksen, as we've had in days gone by, maybe it'd be different. Maybe we would see more of that kind of interplay um, with with uh, even Perisic. But at the moment, it, like I say, it, it feels all very functional. Um, but he's not an area of concern. Well, he <laughs> he is in the sense that he's getting on, right? And I don't know how long he's going to be at the club for. Um, there's a funny little moment I picked up on actually I don't know if anyone else saw it when we thought we had another corner but it went out through a throw and Sonny was kind of annoyed and was holding the ball up Perisic was coming to take the throw and Son just kind of dropped the ball and walked off and Perisic seemed a bit pissed off about that um, and I, I, yeah, I'm not saying there's any like issue between Son and Perisic what I'm saying is though it, Things like that are generally quite indicative of you know the players aren't all working for each other. They're not you know, they don't all have each other's backs. A bit of a shrug, kind of like oh well, I'll just drop the ball and he can pick it up and chuck it. It's not like come on mate, here you go here's the ball. All right, come on, right, let's let's get going. As you can tell, that's how Premier League footballers talk to one another. I've really embodied the <laughs> the spirit of a ruthless elite level sportsman. Um, but yeah, that that was just a minor thing. Um, Matt Doherty, much as I said, sort of I think in the last game, the Brentford game, a very Matt Doherty performance. I I, I think on balance, really, I'm happier seeing him playing than Emerson Royale. Um, yeah, I don't even think that's much of a debate to be honest. I am happier seeing Matt Doherty there, but he needs improving on. You know, he's. He gets up and down pretty well. Like I say, I think 50% of his deliveries are decent. He had that one lovely little kind of interplay with uh, Brian Hill where Hill managed to sort of hold off hold off the kind of the defender, turn him, pass it through to Doherty who then megged um, Tyrone Mings and then he just got, he got taken out by the, by the defender. Who was it? What's his name? I can't remember the lad's name. Um, and yeah, he... Uh, so he, he he does have like flashes of inspiration in him. Um, I just think we maybe need someone a bit more athletic, maybe in that sort of position, someone that can really bomb it, someone that can really scare the opposition players. Think about someone like Carl Walker, that kind of like ruthless pace he had on him. Um just sort of miss that don't we I mean yeah as on every other team but you know I just we all know what it is with Doherty right he's good but he's not great is he you know he's not setting the world alight he's not going to get into any of the teams he wouldn't get into Arsenal's team doesn't get into City's team doesn't get into United's team does he even get into Newcastle's team ahead of Trippier probably not <laughs> that's Kieran Trippier that we discarded so it kind of tells you all that you need to know doesn't it um, Pierre-Emil Hoybier and Yves Bissouma 
you know, funnily enough, even though we lost 2-0, I actually thought, considering how like poor they operated as a two against Brentford, I thought I actually thought they were okay today. Um, I don't think we can get too angry with them for not really being able to do stuff that's not completely in their wheelhouse. I mean, when we've seen Hoybier in the three or at least in the functioning two with Bentancur, we have seen him start to get a bit more creative. He has put in some very good like assists, decent sort of probing passes tail end of last year start of this season um, but I think when he's more focused on just establishing this partnership with Basuma maybe those luxury parts to his game disappear a bit and I think that's probably where he's at at the moment but I thought the two of them started to look better today I thought Eve Basuma in particular was way better than he was against Brentford um, like I say still not amazing don't get me wrong I'm not, I'm not saying we have the Ibasuma we thought we had from Brighton, but he wasn't terrible, which yeah, pat on the back, you know. Um it just it's just not very inspiring, is it, with those two? I think that that's that's the main thing, right? Um And you're not gonna get that. Like I say, you can't attack players for not being Christian Eriksen, because neither of them are. They're not James Madison. Um It's fine. It's just it, it's a, probably a big part of why we face the sort of issues that we face today. That lack of creativity, that kind of flat feeling to what we have. Um, can't really say more than that. Um, Brian Hill. I was, as I said at the start of the game, I saw his name on the team sheet, and I was like, ah, oh, sick. Yes, Brian Hill's getting a chance. And then obviously it became. That that was like my brain's instant reaction to it. And then it took, you know, half a second, two seconds to catch up with me and be like, oh, right, hang on, where's Kulisevsky? Look to the bench, no Kulisevsky. Fuck, you know. Um, so I thought he was okay. I thought he was bright in patches. I have wanted to see him get more minutes. Really, I've wanted to see him get more minutes off the bench um, to come into games, particularly games like Brentford. The other week when we were struggling, we're kind of, we're not struggling, but we, you know, when we're at 2-2 and we want that final kind of little added element, something a bit different, another dimension to our play, it'd be quite nice to bring him in in those sort of scenarios and let him build a foundation from there. Um, not really just chuck him in, in a pressured situation like today and be like, right, you've got to fill Kulisevsky's position, go. Um... But I thought he was okay. It's not great though, is it, really? Um I don't I don't I think people kind of I think there's a bit of confirmation bias at play with the whole he's so small, he gets pushed about a lot. I don't see him get pushed about any more than any other player really gets pushed about. Um I just think like today, for example, he I just think he seemed a bit nervous, playing within himself a bit. Um and yeah, when you, you look at a player like Kulosevsky, someone who backs himself in that way, not all players are the same, you know, not all players have that same level of confidence, but still Kulosevsky, young player, similar age to him probably, I think, about the same age, just came into the side and knew he was the shit, you know, and he'd had a tough time in Italy, but came into came into the Tottenham side, really took it as a fresh start, fresh chance for him to build his career. He's been speaking about that a lot this week. Um and he grabbed it with both hands and is now 
you know, easily one of our best players. Um, Brian Hill just seems a bit nervous. He was bit, obviously, I guess, building a bit of understanding with Matt Doherty. He's, I guess not really played with him that much. He's not played that much at all. So it's harsh to just jump on him after one performance. But still, you know, it wasn't... He didn't set the world alight, did he? Let's let's be brutally honest about it. Uh, Son. Um, look, I, I, I love Sonny. He's a club legend. He is. And been sort of uncomfortably dancing around this point for a few weeks now um, I'm starting to worry a bit about Sonny man like it, and it doesn't I was sort of saying this in the last pod I think I don't know if it needs to be a worry players get older you know their bodies change what their their capabilities change I do feel that we are now seeing that with Son um, that it's not just kind of a, a bad patch we're seeing a player who is you know, he's aged. He put a lot into last season. He won the golden boot. Um, I mean, he was, I think he's, I would probably say he was at his best, or I would say I've seen him at his best, what, 2019. So Pochettino's last season. And then that first Mourinho season. Um, I think that was kind of peaks on. But I don't, I don't think it's like he's, done it's over maybe the son that we once knew is done it's finished but there's obviously still a remarkable footballer in there um and maybe we just need to think about how we utilize him now do we bring him off the bench do we play him in a more advanced role do we do we put him up top and have Kane playing behind him you know can we give that a go give give him less responsibility give him less Basically, give him less running, you know, allow him to. And I think that's how Mourinho got quite a lot out of Son. He didn't make him work as hard. He just allowed Son to kind of sit up top and express himself a bit. And I hate giving Mourinho credit, but it is one thing that I think I think he managed Son very, very well. Um, there's often been a lot made about Son filling in for Kane and how he stepped up and been great for us when he's played up at the top when Kane's been out, Champions League run. That type of thing. Um, so maybe maybe it's chance to to see more of that from Son now as he's getting older. Not give him that kind of wing role where he is having to do a lot of running. And it is heavily reliant on this Son that was sharp, that was physically... He was, you know, a dynamo. Because um, I, I just feel like it, it just looks like his legs are just gone a bit. A little bit, like just that that notch, and at this kind of elite level, it makes such a massive difference. Right, you can even see it with someone like horrific, like Ronaldo. You know, he just he relies so much upon his physicality, and time has just caught up with him now. Um, where it and it can just it can just happen all of a sudden. You know, Ronaldo was still banging him in for United last year, and just this year has looked awful. Um, Salah, not quite the same as he was a couple of years ago either that might be down to Mane that might be down to Liverpool kind of finding a new rhythm finding a new whatever but still I think individually Salah doesn't look quite as terrifying as he once did and nor does him in Son um, so I think it's uh, yeah we got Richarlison we, we obviously are 
legacy planning on that side of things. Whether Richarlison's going to be a replacement for Kane or Son, um, he's there. He's in the mix. We've got Kulisevsky. Uh, we've got Brian Hill. <laughs> um, so that's that really, isn't it? Harry Kane, not really anything to report today, right? Like, did he really get many chances? No, not really. Felt like it was pretty sort of Harry Kane in terms of he was trying to do as much running as he could to try sort of make things, but it just felt like we were never really getting far enough up the pitch. And like I say, Villa just packed the centre of the park. Kane couldn't really do anything. He never, re- it never. I've never felt like there was ever a time when Kane had time and space in the centre of the park to try and make things happen, to move the ball about, or even to get a shot off. Did we have any shots on target? Let's have a look. Don't even know if we did. Let's have a look at stats. Okay, two shots on target today. Um, so, yeah, it. it just wasn't pretty wasn't pretty from Kane but I don't think well I just don't I I don't think he benefited from anything that was happening today um at all who else have we on Skip Emerson Sessignon was alright it was nice to see um Jed Spence come on as well got a good reception from the crowd um Papi Matassar as well actually looked alright I thought when he came on um nothing spectacular but he was still kind of like spreading the ball about pretty nicely he looks technically like an actually you know like a, a a nice nice little footballer um he didn't seem overawed by the occasion um trapped the ball it sounds ridiculous but he trapped the ball nicely and passed it about fairly nicely um and we've all been moaning about for the past few years how few of our footballers seem to be capable of doing that so, you know, be nice to see maybe, I mean, we're out of the League Cup, so it's hard to know, see really well he'll, he'll get more minutes. But, you know, maybe in more Premier League games where we're losing disappointingly, um, maybe he's won for our next manager, whoever that may be, to uh, to utilise. Got Destiny Doggy coming in next year. Jed Spence. That could be, you know... Could be our new Rose and Walker, lads. You don't know. You don't know. It could well be. Um, we just need to find ourselves a, you know, a, 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 a manager who likes to not only utilise and coach the talented young players in his squad, but one who also has a noted track record of working with wing backs and just making them brilliant. It, it, I... I any ideas? Anybody? Anyone know where we can look for that? Um, I think I've said more than enough today. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for yeah, jumping right back on the horse with me after the World Cup break. Um, and to everybody that's supporting the show through the Buy Me A Coffee website, thank you very much. You can find the link on the Twitter bio. Um yeah, I'll do a, a one-two with somebody at some point. Maybe tomorrow, maybe day after. Much love. Bye-bye. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.